From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. You've tuned the WIA National News Service for week commencing September 20, 2015. This our 20th year of non-stop news and I'm Graham VK4 Baker Baker. Last week in the local VK4 Q News, Jeff Emery, VK4ZPP, in his long, long-running column, That's What I Think, drew much comment, and, as a result, I'm pretty sure it's worth repeating here for all of VK. Hello, I'm Jeff Emery, VK4ZPP, and I've been thinking. One of the features of amateur radio has been its ideal that all hands are equal. This has been a historical belief, which found its form in the amateur's code. Over the past century, it has been common practice not to use forms of address that would identify the operator as being superior. Of course, this has been easy to do when contacts have been between strangers, and even better if they were DX. Princes and academics were addressed by the name they gave and ranks and titles dispensed with amongst amateur operators. The sense of belonging to a giant worldwide club and a belief in equality was honoured in the practice then the reality is that people engrossed in the art of wireless came from different backgrounds from most walks of life that you can think of. This meant that the school student had different funds to the professional person and the investment in parts and equipment varied. This is a fact of life that still remains today. Where things get strange is that there seems to be a small core of amateurs who feel inadequate. These are the ones who seem to delight in picking on other operators to show how big their own egos are. I've witnessed this in various forms over the years. The CW operators who diminish the voice ops. The open license holder who has to correct the limited, the novice, and now the foundation license holder. Just to be fair, this level of judgment is also aimed at the old-timers who, like a rag chew that includes the updates on health and medicines. As much as it might be satisfying to stick the finger up at what we think is wrong with another amateur, remember that public misbehaviour reflects on the whole amateur community, and tact, courtesy and privacy go a long way in maintaining the traditions of our hobby. I'm Jeff Emery, and that's what I think. How about you? Thanks, Jeff. Certainly is. Food for thought. Anniversary of resumed amateur radio in New Zealand. The so-called H-Night of December 8, 1945 saw amateur radio return after the lifting of a wartime ban on it being used in New Zealand. The occasion is to be celebrated this year by a special event call sign ZL6H. The meaning of the letter H in H-Night is now the subject of research, including old magazines that may reveal origins of the name. Rob ZL2IW remembers as a young radio amateur himself working an old-timer on 80 metres to mark a much earlier H-night and it seemed that on that occasion he was speaking with somebody who had been on air for the very first H-night back in 1945. Now Rob ZL2IW is determined to lift the H-night profile as of great heritage and importance to amateur radio in New Zealand. 
There will be more on H Night when Jason VK2LAW joins us today with a look at international news. On the international front still and two Aussie balloons float above California. The foil-type party Pico balloon launcher Andy Nugent VK3YT could not resist the opportunity during a work assignment on the USA West Coast to float a few balloons. He was working for a month at San Jose. The out-of-sequence balloon PS54 with a solar-powered APRS payload feeding a 25 milliwatt transmitter went up last Saturday to test the local environment. In doing so, Andy VK3YT is the first to launch such balloons in both the southern and northern hemispheres. In fact, at last report, he had two of the balloons over the USA. His exploits and expertise have captured the imagination of many US trackers who mainly follow latex weather-type balloons until they burst and crash to ground. Andy VK3YT described his debut flight as zooming right past the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge at 800 metres, then spent a whole day bouncing along the west coast of California, right next to some other local up-and-down balloon launches. PS54, after floating three days, had travelled 1,800 kilometres, probably doing a loop over the Pacific Ocean out of range, then floating via Los Angeles to Arizona State, back to the east, where by chance it passed right above Andy while he was driving around LA. What a small world. This Northern Hemisphere APRS-only maiden flight was followed by another. PS53 was released Sunday, September 13, with a payload this time of Whisper and JT9 on HF. It was tracked during a period of good propagation by ZL, VK and local US stations. On leaving San Jose, it went north to Sacramento, then east across the border to Nevada, clocking up 725 kilometres, but seemed to have been lost in desert country due to an envelope failure. Busy time for Anzac suffix call signs. First on the calendar is the Northeast Radio Club on the air as VI5 Anzac on Friday, September 25. On the weekend, we remember Operation Jaywick, a sneak raid by commandos that sunk seven enemy ships in Singapore Harbour in 43. It has two events on September 26. Anzac suffixed call signs will be heard from Queensland and West Australia. Now, all Anzac 100 program events are detailed on the WIA website. All of their logs are uploaded, checked by the WIA, before sending to EQSL. VK1 WIA, all local news. We go around VK in 80 seconds. And around we go. VK4, news from the naughty lad himself. Noel's Nutty Campers. Noel, VK4NL, has been organising the famous, or maybe that should be the infamous, and the popular Noel's Nutty Campers weekends away for many years. Interested in heading along to one of these fantastic weekends? Contact Noel to find out more. In VK7, the October Reese presentation is an introduction to family history. Most of you would have seen the Ancestry.com commercials or the programs about finding out who your distant rogue relatives were. You probably all have some relative who is the family historian. Have you ever wondered about how they found out all this interesting information about families and relatives? The internet is a wonderful resource. However, it can be a huge hindrance when searching. This Reese presentation will take the audience through family history principles, golden rules, fundamentals of analysis, evidence, documenting and planning your research, the best sources of evidence, conducting your research, critical evaluation, maps, convict records, problem solving, 
and overcoming those inevitable brick walls. These will be demonstrated at REAST with some recent research that the presenter undertook during his University of Tasmania course. But be aware, family history research is highly addictive, not to mention the skeletons that inevitably fall from the cupboard. Queen's Domain Club Rooms for this Reese presentation, October 7, 2015. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the southeast of South Australia and western border districts of Victoria, it's relayed on the four network two-metre repeaters of Mount Gambia, Narracourt, Kingston and Bordertown at 9am each Sunday. This is John, VK5DJ, from the South East Radio Group. What use is an F-call? As I've said many times before, amateur radio blows me away. Every week I see new imaginative things that this community achieves through trial and error, from contacts across new bands, coordination of new activities such as fox hunts and SOTA activations. We are a foolhardy lot, climbing up hills to activate them, or doing the same thing for lighthouses or museums. There's a surfing contest where you can collect call signs to spell the locations of surfing beaches as outlined in the Beach Boys Surfing USA song, which includes an Australian beach as well. It's wonderful to hear amateurs talking to other amateurs, both using portable gear, both standing on the top of a summit and exchanging reports across the country. Recently, an F-Call decided that he wanted to try and build a cavity from bits purchased at a hardware store, complete with video of the achievement, testing and SWR measurements, a $15 experiment to see if he could do it. Wanting to learn more about his build, he sought and found assistance from other amateurs, offering suggestions and equipment to help out. There's a group of amateurs who are experimenting with a new internet linking protocol, All-Star Link, using single-board computers like the BeagleBone Black to run copies of embedded Linux with a full dynamic switching system on board to deal with nodes dropping in and joining. Think telephone exchange with roaming handsets. There are amateurs experimenting with different types of antennas, made from horse tape. Advanced calls learning about tuning up 40-metre dipoles on 80 metres. Antenna manufacturers building 80-metre single-frequency dipoles in the space of a 40-metre dipole. Repeaters being built. Control systems being updated. New services being invented and masts being erected. Don't for a minute think that amateur radio is just about sitting in a shack with a microphone talking to another amateur in a similar shack somewhere else, doing the same thing. Having an F-call is being part of this community, warts and all. It's an amazing place to hang out and do stuff. So get off your Terminator and go to it. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot, Lima Alpha Bravo. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. The latest IARU monitoring system newsletter reports Russian military traffic in the amateur radio 7 and 14 MHz band has increased. The Russian Navy has often been active on 14192.0 using F-1B and the Russian over-the-horizon OTH radar in Gorodezh has been causing strong interference daily. 
The International Amateur Radio Union Region 3 Triennial Conference in Bali on October 12 to 16 is hosted by IARU Member Society, Organise ARSI, Amateur Radio Indonesia or OARI. OARI operates special event station Yankee Bravo 16 IARU. IARU Region 3 covers the Asia-Pacific. The WIA will have a delegate and observer at the conference. In Bali, there will be IARU Region 3 directors, representatives from IARU Region 1 and Region 2, and the IARU International Secretariat. Many reports have been filed by member societies. These include the World Radio Conference in Geneva in November, the IARU role in CubeSat launches, United Nations push for Morse code to have heritage recognition, banned planning, and proposed Korean War Cemetery owned by the United Nations to have a four-uniform one-call sign. IARU region coordinators have also reported on ARDF, Emergency Communications, the Monitoring Service in True to Watch, International Beacons, Region 3 Award, and support to the Amateur Radio Service, STARS, program. In the text edition of this broadcast is the URL of all of the reports. NASA is partnering with Harmonic, a worldwide leader in video delivery infrastructure, to launch NASA TV UHD, the first ever non-commercial consumer ultra-high definition channel in North America. NASA Television will have the capability to deliver linear 2160p60 video content, allowing viewers to enjoy UHD footage on a wide range of television and internet-connected devices. Leon Corky, Zulu Sierra One Mike Mike of Denel Overberg Test Range, has informed our friends at the SARL about an interesting EME test conducted on 1296 MHz with Dr Lindsay Marcus on the KAT-7 radio telescope with a gain of 44.3 dB. Robert Broomhead, VK3DN, joins us with this story. There was a beacon pointing at the moon as well as causing some interference, so Leon QS wind up a little bit in the band to get rid of that. Dr. Lindsay Magnus confirmed the reception of the signal with full-scale chart recordings and also referred to the interfering signal that turned out to be an EME beacon on 1296 MHz radiated from Arecibo, Puerto Rico. Thanks, Robert, and we'll hear from you again with your special interest group news segment. As an aside, I wonder how many are aware that after Carl Jansky accidentally discovered radio emission from the centre of the Milky Way on 20 MHz, it was a radio amateur who pioneered radio astronomy in the early days. Grote Reba, Whiskey 9, Golf Fox Zulu, mapped the radio skies in the Northern Hemisphere and continued through World War II. He used a homebrewed dish antenna on a frequency of 160 MHz, Grote moved to Tasmania VK7 in the 1950s. Anniversary of resumed amateur radio in New Zealand. The so-called Hotel Night of December 8, 1945 saw amateur radio return after the lifting of a wartime ban on it in New Zealand. The occasion is to be celebrated by special event callsign Zulu Luma 6 Hotel. Hotel Night is when New Zealand radio amateurs were able to get back on air albeit initially on 3.5 to 3.96 MHz and 58.5 to 60 MHz only. 
Authorities also increased the Morse code proficiency test to 15 words per minute for HF access. In 1946, they released further pre-war bans and overseas contacts were allowed. The New Zealand Association of Radio Transmitters has approved the special call sign Zulu Lima 6 Hotel that was applied for by Rob Carter, Zulu Lima 2, India Whiskey. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. Weird and wonderful, the case of the blinking cheat. The BBC reports on a case of a chess player who allegedly used Morse code to cheat. They say a man was reportedly blinking in an unusual manner and holding his hand under his armpit. Confronted by the referee, he refused to open his shirt. Officials believe the 37-year-old was using the camera hung around his neck to transmit the game to someone with a chess computer program who was feeding back moves using Morse code. The 37-year-old player was also batting his eyelids in the most unnatural way, the referee said. Then I understood it, he said. He was deciphering signals in Morse code. When the player refused to open his shirt, officials asked him to pass through a metal detector, which then picked up a pendant hanging underneath his shirt. The pendant contained a tiny video camera connected to a small box under his armpit, officials said. In Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Operational News on Felix VK4FUQ 2015. OCRNDX Contest Voice first full weekend in October. OCRNDX Contest CW second full weekend in October. WIA Spring VHF UHF Field Day the weekend of the 14th and 15th of November. Operational News Dateline 2016. Harry Angel 80 metre sprint WIA Provisional Day Saturday 7th of May. 1010 International Summer Contest August 6 and 7. Special Event Stations DX Began Repeater and Net Advice. Anne Renton Memorial Ladies Net this Tuesday. One of the friendliest radio nets in the land happens this Tuesday evening, September the 22nd from 7.30pm on the East Townsville UHF repeater. So if you are travelling through the Townsville region, remember to bring a 91.5Hz tone with you. The Anne Renton Memorial Ladies Net. The net is open to young and old, YL or OM, and is a golden opportunity for anyone who needs practice on air to go onto the net as the second operator. Let's see if the YLs can outnumber the OMs. JSEC SQ5 BPF will be active from the Polish Polar Station on Szabad from the 19th to the 27th of September. His call sign will be JW-SQ5 BPF. V7 Marshall Island Satellite Activation A group of JA operators will be active from Majuro Island OC029 between September the 24th and 28th. Activity will be on 40 to 6 metres satellite EME CWSSB Ritty and JT65A. They will also have two Elecraft 500 watt amps for HF and 800 watts outstation for EME. QSL all operators via their home call signs listed in this week's text edition by the Bureau. D4 Cape Verde. Chris DL2 MDU and Heidke DL3 HD are operating from Boa Vista Island AF086 until September 25th. 
as D44TUK and D44TUQ respectively. The pair will be active on 80 through 10 meters in CW and digital modes. Holiday style. Send QSL cards via DL2MDU. FO, French Polynesia. Heinz, DF1YP, is active from Maury Island, OC046, through October the 1st, as FO stroke DF1YP. He will work SSB holiday style mostly on 20 metres. He can receive QSL cards via his home call sign, direct, or via the German Amateur Radio Bureau. International Amateur Radio Union Region 3 Triennial Conference in Sanur Paradise Plaza Hotel Bali with special event station YB16IARU, October 12-16. Awards Worked all ANZAC 100 call signs. The ANZAC suffix call signs continue to be very popular. The latest has been VI0 ANZAC at Casey Station in the Antarctic. The national call sign VK100 ANZAC and state or territory call signs beginning with VI have all been on the air. The ANZAC 100 program ends on December 20. Time with withdrawal of ANZAC from Gallipoli. However, the call sign VI9 ANZAC will be used on Norfolk Island during the WIA AGM in May 2016. All events send their logs to a WIA uploader and after checking are forwarded to EQSL Club Log and Logbook of the World. The first claiming to work all available ANZAC suffix call signs issued by the WIA and verified by EQSL is Stephen Barr, VK3MEG of Melton South. Congratulations are in order for VK3MEG and anyone else who contacted them all. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In VK6, it can be heard on the linked repeater network originating from VK6 RAP at 9am Sunday morning. I'm Chris, Victor Kilo 6, Fox Charlie, Bravo, Golf. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's CW. From the Fist Down Under newsletter comes advice that Lou, VK5EEE, has set up a website exclusively for CW operating in Australia. It is vkcw.net, and it has information on CW nets, clubs, operating tips and events, so please take a look at www.vkcw.net Worldwide Special Interest Groups Digital Software to Farm Stolen Wi-Fi Enabled Devices An Iowa City Police Officer is developing a new concept to help police find more stolen property. The Gazette has a short report that Officer David Schwint, inspired by a forensics class, is working on L8NT, a specialised wireless dongle to help police officers locate stolen electronics, any of them with wireless capabilities in a MAC address at least, by scanning for MAC addresses associated with stolen goods. The idea is to have police scan as they drive for these MAC entries and match them against a database. The article notes a few shortcomings in the concept, but it does not point out an even bigger one, in that MAC addresses can be mutable. Anyhow, in a way, it's not as obvious as an obscured serial number, and thieves could refine their business model by automating the change. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Sarek's reflector to be closed on the 1st of November 2015. 
At the request of RSUS team, AMSAT NA Vice President for Human Spaceflight, that's Frank Boyer, KA3HDO, has announced that SARX Reflector will be closed 1st of November 2015 and its functions folded into the AMSAT BB list. Frank explained that at one time operations from the Space Shuttle and the ISS were considered as sufficiently different from other satellite operations as to need separate forums for their respective interest communities. More recently, changes in the human spaceflight operations of the new generation of satellites and the interests of the general AMSAT community have removed the reasons for this distinction. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Internet, the HAMS domain. United Kingdom's Ofcom suggests 70.5 MHz for Internet of Things. In April 2015, Ofcom announced that radio amateurs would have access to 70.5 to 71.5 MHz, but they're now consulting on plans to use it as one of the bands for Internet of Things, or IOT. Internet of Things, IOT, is set to enable large numbers of previously unconnected devices to communicate and share data with one another via machine-to-machine communications, that's M2M. Ofcom believes that access to spectrum in this range could open new opportunities and bring benefits to citizens and consumers, especially those in remote and rural parts of the UK. The frequencies being made available span the 55 to 68 MHz band, 70.5 to 71.5 MHz and the 80.5 to 81.5 MHz bands. There are already more than 40 million devices connected via the IoT in the UK alone, and this is forecast to grow more than eightfold by 2022, with hundreds of millions of devices carrying out more than a billion daily data transactions. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio, a demonstration of the modes and equipment available to amateur radio in a disaster for emergency communications, will be on show at the World Radio Communications Conference in Geneva in November. A trailer-mounted displays of equipment with voice, text and image modes and mobile antenna on November the 4th to the 14th, following a series of planning meetings with the IARU and ITU. IIRU International Coordinator of Emergency Communications, Hans Zimmerman, HB9AQS slash F5VKP, said that the equipment will be provided by the specialist German group Notfunk Deutschland EV in agreement with the IIRU Member Society Deutsch Amateur Radio Club, DARC. Other IIRU Member Societies from nearby countries are giving posters and other material. And Hans said... This will not be a field day station or even a simulated emergency or other intensive operational activity. The purpose is to show how the wide range of means allows a amateur service to serve in an emergency situation. And that should be a very good display. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. This is VK1WIA. All points of contact from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. On the social scene, a look at 2015 and 2016. Yes, let's have a look at the next 10 months. If you hear what you'd consider to be an incorrect date, then have a look at the text edition, because what we've started to do on the text edition is put after each item on the social scene, we're just putting in brackets, who has supplied that information. So if you think it's wrong, contact that person. There's just about all of them are uh, done that way now. There are a few 
old ones still kicking around, but that's what we do. September 25 to 27 in VK4, it's the Chark AGM weekend camp at Fairburn, and that's near Emerald. October 2 to 5 in VK4, the Cardwell Gathering, Beachcomber Motel and Tourist Park. October 25 in VK3, Ballarat Amateur Radio Group Hamvention at the Greyhound Track. November 14 in VK4, it's the Gold Coast Ham Fest at Broadbeach. And November 14 in VK3, it's QRP by the Bay. Now, QRP by the Bay is held every year on the second Saturday of November. In 2016, January 22 to 26, it's the VK4 Tark Australia Day Long Weekend Family Radio Camp. It's being held at the Girl Guides campsite, Bluewater. February 13 in VK3, it's the MERC's Hamfest, 10am at Werribee Masonic Centre. Feb 28 in VK2, it's Australia's big one, VK2's Central Coast Field Day. Feb 28 in VK3, EMDRC Hamfest, the Great Ryrie Primary School at Heathmont. April the 29th to May the 2nd in VK4, the Clareview Gathering. You can check the Mackay Amateur Radio website for further details on that one. June 11 to 13 in VK5, it's the VK Fox Hunting Championship and the SERG Convention at Mount Gambier. And July 19, 2016, VK3, Gipstech 2016, being held at Churchill. Now until next we meet, I'm Graham VK4, Baker Baker. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.